This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Two highly influential bishops have written letters to the public, one condemning the errors of the German Synodal Way, the other condemning the errors of the Flemish bishops of Belgium. Both letters have two things in common. Both condemn those sins that sacred scripture inerrantly states that cry out to heaven for vengeance and the attempt to normalize them by these same hierarchs. And both of those letters could easily apply to the entire hierarchy of the church who have led synods in their own dioceses and countries that almost universally have called for the same thing the Flemish and German bishops have called for and done themselves. Normalization of sin and vice, a rejection of the concept that God is angered by certain sins, and that instead the church must bend the knee to the values of the world. For as the bishops of those countries have said themselves, the church at Vatican II declared that it turns towards man and the secular world for guidance. The two bishops in question are, of course, Archbishop Vigano, who pens a very short letter warning the faithful against the leadership of the Flemish bishops. And the other is Cardinal Walter Brandmuller, who, despite being retired, broke his silence on the state of his own home country of Germany. Their letters are extremely spicy in that they declare without subtlety that the bishops promulgating these errors are in fact heretics, and the, the laity in Germany who demanded such changes to the faith have categorically rejected the faith and are frankly not identifiably Catholic. I believe we can apply these letters and these declarations to the church as a whole. Whoever pushed for this rejection of Catholic morality has rejected the faith, is functionally outside the church, as are any bishops enabling them. You cannot claim to be Catholic, claim to hold the faith, and then not hold to the morality, which is just a, a logical consequence of the faith. The reaction to the move by the Flemish bishops is rather telling. Father Donald Calloway said on Facebook, that what we are seeing is an actual schism, and if this is pushed on the church, he would learn the traditional Latin mass and go independent and underground as a priest, uniting himself to any bishop that kept the actual faith and rejected this Roman apostasy. He's not alone in that declaration either. Please do not listen to these letters for mere entertainment or current events value. There are priests now actively making contingency plans in case this gets foisted upon the church as a whole. Start thinking about what you can do to support them if it comes to that, even if it means providing them a simple meal before they have to travel again, or if you can with more material support than that. Remember, in the Old Testament, God wiped two cities off the map for this sin, with fire falling from the sky, perhaps as a comet or asteroid, or perhaps as something more overtly divine in origin. But we know that God does not take such sins and just brush them off. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The God of the Old Testament is still the same God today. With that, let's start with Archbishop Vigano, whose letter is very short. It was published originally by Marco Tosati, and rather strangely, not really spread about much in the English-speaking world. So let's remedy that now, and let me know if, if it has since gone live on his website, because I'm just genuinely curious. Declaration by Carlo Maria Vigano about the blessings of <clears throat> James Martin Parings, celebrated in Belgium. With great scandal for the salvation of souls and for the honor of the Church of Christ, the Episcopal Conference of Belgium approved and published a rite of quote-unquote blessing of 
James Martin unions, shamelessly contravening the immutable teaching of the Catholic magisterium, which it considers such unions, quote-unquote, intrinsically twisted, and which, as such, not only cannot bless them, but must rather condemn them as contrary to natural morality. The ideological basis of this sacrilegious rite is indicated in the subtly deceptive words of Amoris Laetitia, according to which, quote, every person, regardless of his interested fleshly interests, must be respected in his dignity and received with respect. The process of doctrinal and moral disillusion carried out by the Bergolian sect continues unstoppable, regardless of the disorientation it causes in the faithful and the incalculable damage it causes to souls. It is now evident beyond all doubt the absolute irreconcilability between the teaching of the gospel and the deviations of these heretics who abuse their power and authority as pastors for the opposite purpose to that for which Christ instituted the sacred hierarchy in the church. It is even more evident the twisted game of the parts which assigned to those sitting in Rome the formulation of heterodox principles in contrast with Catholic doctrine and their scandalous application to his accomplices in the dioceses in the infernal attempt to undermine morals in order to obey the spirit of the world. The shameful excesses of some exponents of the hierarchy find their origin in a deliberate and desired plan from above, which, thanks to the synodal path, wants to make the rebellious episcopate autonomous in propagating errors of faith and morals, while with authoritarianism it prevents the faithful bishops to proclaim the truth of Christ. Dated the 21st of September 2022, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Amoris Laetitia was a clear sabotage of the church's moral teachings. Francis knew this when he promulgated it. I'm not sure who ghost wrote it for him, but whoever did it was knew exactly what they were doing. They've wrought an apostasy on the church, not only in the divorced and remarried receiving the Eucharist, and that's bad enough, but in the cascade of dominoes that have fallen since then. The most obvious example of this are the various synods ranging from Ireland to Australia, to my own country of the United States and to Germany, all demanding the same changes to the faith. You know, it almost looks like a coordinated movement has pulled off a co-opting of the synod for this very purpose, which is what happened at Vatican II, by the way. There was a coordinated effort to take the council over. We're seeing the Vatican II playbook being used to change the teachings of the faith on the most touchy of topics to bring the church in accordance with the values of the world. Cardinal Walter Brandmuller is one of only two surviving signers of the now mostly forgotten dubia. I might be the only Catholic commentator who still talks about the dubia. And this letter here that I have for you, he warns against what this clearly means, that most of the laity in Germany, by extension, the rest of the Western world, have apostatized. Whether the numbers given by the bishops for who actually came out and supported these changes and participated in the synods and everything else among the laity are accurate or not is something to consider. And unfortunately, there is no real way to discern this. Cardinal Brandmuller warns of this apostasy here in explicit detail. The presentation of the synodal path can only be described as a mass fall from scripture and tradition. A public letter by Cardinal Walter Brandmuller. The failure of the Frankfurt quote-unquote synod proposal on ethics of the flesh is noteworthy in several respects. Once the submitted text was rejected by the assembly, the tally of the bishops were not sufficient for the adoption of the text. 
a text accepted by 82.8% of lay synods and 61.1% of bishops. The latter had missed the required two-thirds majority. If Bishop Botzing spoke of a quote-unquote crisis situation in view of this tally result, then that is undoubtedly true, but not in the spirit of Bishop Botzing. The critical nature of this was in the fact that 82.2% of lay synods diametrically opposed the teaching of Holy Scripture and the apostolic tradition. Even worse, 61.1% of the same bishops did the same. This means, however, that only 17.2% of the lay faithful and only 38.9% of the bishops were committed to the teachings of the church. But this result can only be described as a mass apostasy from scripture and tradition, the sources of the faith revealed by God. This tally result reveals an understanding of the church, of faith and moral teaching, which differs worlds from the authentic proclamation of the faith of the church. Religion, church, faith, in this quote-unquote synodal view, these are variable variables that have to be adapted more and more to the social, cultural conditions of the respective quote-unquote today, an insight that not only enables the church but even demands it to march into the future in step with society, even as its avant-garde. At this point, however, the question must be asked whether such a conviction is still compatible with authentic Catholic, even Christian faith. An elder brother of the faith may ask himself the same question, but not only that, Aristotle and Plato are also disposed of briefly in the wastebasket by the zeitgeisty Frankfurt moralists with a superior smile. They don't even ask what the quote-unquote German philosopher from Königsberg would have said about it, a cultural collapse of, quote, the people of poets and thinkers. But then it is also about the nature of religion. Does the whole thing possibly not only have to do with man, but primarily with the creator of man and the world, with God? and with the self-realization of the creator to his human being. That's what it's really about. But God, as the letter to the Hebrews begins, quote, God spoke to our fathers many times and in many ways, but finally through his son. Well, of course, it is crucial whether I actually recognize in the written record of this message a word from the living God to his creature man, or whether it is just a product of Near Eastern literature of antiquity. But it is really about God's word, on whose believing, hearing, and following it definitely depends, whether the life of the human being, the human community, succeeds or falls into chaos. Then the question arises as to what empowers the Frankfurt Synodal to deny this reality. It happens in the Frankfurt Resolutions here and there, no less than the rebellion of man against his creator, as the fatal reaching for the fruit of the forbidden tree, which has been repeated again and again in the course of human history and in ever new forms, resulted in streams of blood and tears. And now the Frankfurt German Church is doing the same. What is really alarming, dismaying, however, is that the ordained and sent shepherds of the church, the bishops, in such large numbers, swore the oath they had sworn before their priestly ordination. And finally, their Episcopal consecration in front of all the people and in the presence of God, seem to have forgotten with a light heart. You feel like John Henry Newman did more than a hundred years ago on the 4th and 5th century remembered, since the majority of the Eastern bishops of the heresy of Arius denied the divinity of Jesus, while St. Athanasius, persecuted by them, was repeatedly expelled from his bishopric or had to flee. Immediately the armies of the prophet from Mecca broke upon these churches, causing them to perish in smoke and rubble. It is worth thinking further here.
Cardinal Brandmuller ends on a note of warning that disaster befell the church before due to the hierarchy abandoning the faith. I would go a step further. We've already seen this in the aftermath of Vatican II, where the faithful functionally apostatized. Secular society became more secular, and the governments of the various countries became overtly hostile to the faith. We are reaping those rewards now. Cardinal Brandmuller's warning is accurate. More and worse will absolutely befall the church from our own faithlessness. Catholic prophecy is full of warnings about an apostasy coming in the church, which is then followed by God wiping the slate clean and himself starting human civilization almost completely over again. With the powers that shouldn't be and the principalities of the present world being eliminated, whether that comes to pass is anyone's guess, since we are talking here about private revelation and believing revelation is certainly not a matter of the faith. But it is worth noting that the mystics and visionaries that I reference in my We Were Warned series that I bring from time to time span the entire history of the church and all speak of these things in eerily similar details. So I wouldn't discount it entirely if you're skeptical of Catholic prophecy. And on the flip side, if you follow Catholic prophecy closely, please do not base your faith on private revelation. But I'm curious what you thought of all this. Are Vigano and Brandmuller just preaching to the choir here? I know we'll read them and record them and put them online, and that we mostly agree with them. Will their warnings of apostasy fall on deaf ears? Let me know what you think of all this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As does sharing these messages on social media. That helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.